the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. So Pastor Davis showed me this really funny article in Time Magazine about the actor Matt Damon. And if you know his movies, oftentimes his character uh, is stranded in faraway places and he needs to be rescued. And so someone fictitiously wanted to estimate how much money has been spent trying to rescue him in these movies. So take, for example, uh, the World War II movie, Saving Private Ryan, uh, $100,000 to save him. But then you get to the more expensive outer space rescues, right? Like Interstellar, $500 billion to rescue him. Or The Martian, where he was stranded on Mars, $200 billion. There's at least five more Matt Damon movies with this kind of a theme to it. And so all totaled, it was estimated that it's been almost a trillion dollars to save Matt Damon. Now what's interesting is that in the movie The Martian, there is this scene where they're debating about the danger as well as the cost of rescuing him from Mars. And I think it begs a question. What is the value of a life? And that's what our gospel reading is talking about today. What is the value of a life? And in fact, you have a few people, it would seem, were maybe saying that some people aren't worth saving. I think that's why the Pharisees and the scribes are grumbling, because Jesus was seeking out and he was welcoming those people. We all know who those people are, right? The scumbags of his day, they called them the tax collectors and the sinners. So to address this, Jesus teaches some parables, and we hear two of them today. Notice how they move from a percentage standpoint they, they sort of increase in value. You have one out of a hundred sheep lost in the wilderness, and then you have one out of ten coins, a woman, you know, tearing the house upside down, inside out, trying to find it. One of those coins, by the way, was worth approximately a day's wages. Now, we might be tempted as we listen to it to say, well, you know, if you still got 99, or you still have nine, What's one? Well, then obviously that sheep or that coin doesn't belong to you. But they belong to Jesus. And see, Jesus is not happy until he has all 100 or all 10. For Jesus, the number has to be perfect. It has to be complete. That's because to Jesus, you are never a number. You are never just one in the crowd. You are unique and unrepeatable. From eternity, you have been known and you are chosen. And you are called and you are identified by name by this God of ours. Jesus will go all over the world searching for us. Jesus will rip the house apart looking for you. Unless you're one of the 99 or one of the nine. I mean, that's what the scribes and the Pharisees thought. And maybe some of us kind of think that. I don't really need to be found because <laughs> I'm not really lost. But I bet you there's at least one person here who's on the other end of the spectrum who says, I can't be found because I'm so lost. 
because I'm too unlovable. I'm, I'm too damaged. Either one of these extremes, right? I, I, I don't need to be found because I'm not really lost, or I can't be found because I'm so lost. Either one of those extremes do not understand this cross. Would you all just for a moment take your eyes and put your, cross, your eyes up on the cross of Jesus and look for a moment? Because, my friends, there is the value of a life. That's how God values life. That's how he values every life. That's the cost he's willing to pay. He's willing to pay with his own life to rescue us. This is what it costs to find you and to find me and to bring us home. In today's culture, people talk all the time about how they got to find themselves, right? And they They go off searching in ridiculous places and in ridiculous ways, trying to find themselves. Whatever it is they think they're looking for. Like that song, like St. Augustine, like we were singing before. Going out there, I was looking outside myself, trying to find myself, and actually, no, Lord, you were here within me the whole time. See, the thing is, you will find yourself when Jesus finds you. If you're trying to find yourself somewhere else, guess what? That's how you get lost. But you will find yourself when Jesus finds you. Please, please, please do not shrug this off. Here's why. Jesus rejoices over you. Jesus rejoices over you. Heaven rejoices over you. This means that you can rejoice over you. Rejoice that you have been found. And now you find yourself in a relationship with Jesus. Don't shrug this off indifferently like, eh. Or if you're one of those people that's having a hard time really believing it and really letting it sink in, please, 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 don't deflect this. Absorb it into your heart. Our God, Jesus, wants nothing more to search for you and to find you and to bring you home and call together the angels and the saints, and he wants to throw a party over you. That's why you're here today. You think your car brought you here today. No, 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 Jesus brought you here today. I mean, your car did, but Jesus, there's always something deeper going on. Jesus brought you here today. Jesus has you here. And what is it that we're here to do? What's this church thing all about? Friends, it's a foreshadowing of heaven with all the friends of God and all the love and a feast and a party. That's why we're here. And to tell you the truth, when you're not here, when you're busy or you got something else going on, whatever your excuse is, there's a little less joy for the rest of us because we're not complete without you. But you're here today. You're here today. Praise God, you're here today. Jesus brought you here today. And yet, over here is an empty seat. Someone who should be here. Actually, there's several. There's some around you too. Someone whom the Lord loves and wants to be there isn't here. I I don't just mean some of our members of the church who 
chose not to come today. No, no. I'm even talking about people who aren't here because they haven't been found yet. And they're supposed to be there. I'm not talking about numbers. I'm not talking about, oh, we just want to fill seats with bodies. No, no, no. I'm talking about a unique, an unrepeatable person that the Lord loves, for whom Jesus gave his life, is supposed to be sitting there and there and there and there and over there and over here and back there. And if we're okay with empty seats, then there's something that's not okay with us. Let me compare it for a moment to my family, to my kids. I do not love my kids equally. This doesn't mean I play favorites, loving one more than the other or less than the other. It's just that I can't love them in the same way because they're not the same person. Each of them is unique and unrepeatable. So I love Abigail because she is Abigail, and I love Matthew for being Matthew, and I love Isaac, who's embarrassed that I'm pointing him out in front of everybody, for being Isaac, and Andrew, and Katie, because of who they are. One of them can never replace the other one. One of the adjustments we've been making in our family, and some of you have done this before, is that Abby's off at college, and when we sit down at dinner, we're not complete. Those of us who have lost our loved ones, that hurts even more. When someone is missing and we're not complete. That ache in our hearts ought to apply to the family of God. There ought to be a little bit of something within us that gnaws at our hearts when we look around and we see these empty seats and know that we're not complete. We are not yet perfect. Now, I'm not trying to scold us or give us, you know, here's the guilt coming on us, right? Because we all know, myself included, we don't do as good a job as we should inviting people to church or introducing people to Jesus. It's not about that. But here is the thing. How can the love of God that found every one of us not fill us with great joy for finding others? Heaven rejoices when just one is found. You know what Pharisees and scribes do? They grumble. They complain, and they don't do anything to find anybody. Who do, you, do you want to be with heaven rejoicing? Do you want to be a Pharisee and a scribe who's grumbling? Or maybe somebody who's just indifferent. Eh, whatever. We want to be with heaven, right? We want to be with heaven. We want to, to seek out those who aren't here among us. Not yet. Maybe what we need to do is think of it more like an adventure. You know, like one of those Matt Damon movies where they go out to try to rescue him and find him. That this is our adventure together. This is our adventure that we are the search and rescue team for Jesus. Hopefully you've heard by now that our, our theme this year is future-focused. We want to be people who are totally focused on the eternal future Jesus gives us. That he is going to find us, he has found us, and he's going to bring us home to heaven. But that then focuses our future together as the Trinity family. And throughout this year, we're going to have different conversations about what God is calling us to do, especially as we look at a, a whole other decade of ministry in front of us. But you know what? Plain and simple, when all is said and done, it comes down to this one thing. What can we do together to fill heaven? What can we do together to fill heaven? And let's be honest, sometimes 
we wrestle with that. And maybe we even get a little bit weary at the cost and the effort and the energy that has to be spent doing that. But let me ask you again what we need to ask ourselves all the time. What is the value of a life? So I want to give you just a little homework this week. Just one little step in the direction of this great adventure of being that search and rescue party. This week, as you meet and as you encounter people, look them in the eyes. Plain and simple. Just look into who they are as a person. See them as the unique and unrepeatable person that they are. Maybe that's the checkout girl that you don't ever notice. You just get your groceries and go. Maybe it's the person that's combative and difficult and they really get under your skin. Maybe it's somebody in your own family and you're having trouble connecting with them. Just do this one simple thing this week, please. Just be mindful. Look into their eyes and see the person. And ask yourself, are they worth it? Oh yeah, they're worth it. They're worth it to Jesus. And therefore they are worth it to you and they are worth it to me.